Hello, welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast, your exclusive access to the winning strategies and leadership habits of high-performing CEOs from all over the world. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, entrepreneur, CEO mentor, and business angel. Sit back, relax, and don't forget to take notes because I'm sure you will be able to take many gold nuggets on how to drive your business forward and develop a healthy and thriving work culture for your organization. Welcome to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, business angel investor and founder of Sebastian Schieke and Company. And today I'm talking to Carola Kasai, and she's the founder of Kasai Law, which is a virtual law company. So we will talk about what a virtual law company actually is. She's also a lecturer on different universities and she runs her own entrepreneurship academy. Carola, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. And you founded a virtual law company. And honestly, when I think about lawyers, I think about big offices, which cost lots of money. You go there, they have these heavy curtains and, and, the big and then you have these big, and like, and the big boardrooms. <laughs> and you always feel intimidated, you know, when you enter these offices. Yeah. And today in a world where everything goes virtual, I never came across a virtual law firm so far until I found you on LinkedIn. And I said, hey, I, I need to talk to Carola and ask her what this is all about. So can you tell us a little bit what you do at uh, Kasai Law and how does it work virtually? Yes, absolutely. And um, thank you very much for this question, because I really can say that you are not alone with uh, having some questions about um, a virtual law firm. Well, the idea is coming from very, very different angles, actually. If you allow me, I would start a little bit of a personal sentiment. Is that, uh, and do you know the the feeling of not fitting? Yes, not fitting to, into an environment or into an industry or, yes, of or course. Or yeah. if you go to a, yeah. to a company. I think we've all been there, you know, we going to, went to an event or went to a company and somehow felt, hmm, that's not my thing, huh? Exactly. So this is what I realized uh, after start, I started to work as a lawyer or like as an associate to different big international law firms. And I had this experience of not feeling also way before that, but you know, when it slaps you into the face with your own profession, which you've chosen and then learned a lot and studied a lot and everything that uh, that's a tiny bit of a more hurtful than not fitting into like, a softer environment. And I noticed that I like the law itself, also like lawyering, but basically I don't like anything around it. So this was a, such a huge contradiction for me that I needed to dig very deep, break it down. And then I realized that, okay, just because I see things differently and think about things differently, it doesn't mean that I cannot be a lawyer. I just have to reshape what we think about lawyers, and I just have to reinvent basically the law firm experience, which is much, much more fitting to my own personality, to how I see the world, to what I see in the world, to what my vision is about the world. And that way I'm not going to have a burnout at the age of 25, which I couldn't unfortunately avoid that much. But but that was a good wake-up call of, okay, I something needs to be changed for real. And then digging again deeper 
to my own take and personality, I realized that some elements of, for example, creativity or very innovative problem solving or like complex, big picture thinking were missing from my everyday life as a lawyer. Uh, and the, and another thing which is which I really value is independence and flexibility. So then I realized that, okay, why, why do I feel that I can breathe? Because I have to sit in an office from like nine until midnight or yeah, exactly <laughs> like no end. Um, and um, I had some conflicts around uh, not being an early bird, which means that, yeah, sometimes I was late. I had no meeting at 9 a.m. So since I am definitely, I've never been an early bird, I didn't understand that, okay, why is this such a big problem? I can solve my tasks and I'm never late with the deadline and I, I really can work very good at midnight, no problem, sharp focus, good ideas. But in the morning, it's like, <laughs> please don't talk to me. <laughs> I, I don't, don't necessarily know my name. Why do I have to sit there? And, you know, there were a lot of challenges and difficulties uh, in this in this sense for me throughout the road. And then um, when I synthesized all the experiences I had, what I like, what I don't like, what I see, what is not present, then the virtual law firm uh, structure was an answer. And another answer was technology. We are actually an EU-based, I like to say EU-based, and I will explain to you why later on, but an EU-based borderless virtual law firm that advises the newest technologies. And with technology, the easiest example, of course, is like, for example, artificial intelligence, deep fake, I'm pretty sure we've all know these and heard about these. And we'll notice even more in the future. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Cyber security problems or um, space engineering, for example, mm. space technology, gene editing, med tech yeah. has that. So these, these kind of technologies, which we exclusively advise and work with. Very interesting. I mean, first of all, your story. Yeah. I mean, I, I know so many people who are stuck. Yeah, they are stuck because they do a job which, yeah, they, as you, they, they study, they invest a lot of time in, but then they don't like the environment, yeah, or they don't like the companies they work for, they don't like the structure and, and, but they also don't have the power to change things, you know, they, so many people are victims of their circumstances. Yeah. And you are the opposite. You are the creator of your destiny. You said, okay, I love being a lawyer. I love the topic, but I don't like the environment. I don't like, how it's uh, set up and I can completely relate. I mean, I had a, a neighbor uh, living in my house back 20 years ago and I never really saw him. You know, he came back in the morning at one from his uh, job at a big uh, a law firm here in Frankfurt and, and left uh, nine in the morning. I thought, oh my God, I mean, okay, you can do this for a year or two. You know, it's probably fun, but this is not a life concept for the long run. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, hey, why are you on earth to, to spend your time at a lawyer office? Yeah. I also completely agree that, I mean, flexibility is so important in today's world. I mean, I just had an experience. I have a, a son, uh, he's going uh, to school here and he was writing a, a test on electro-engineering topics, you know, like drawing the little circuits. And I mean, okay, also I'm working now in a lot of different areas. I studied electro-engineering, yeah, so I knew the topic. And I was, 
I was training with him for two days. You know, he really knew this topic. You know, he was completely on top of everything. And then he wrote this test and he came back, you know, and he had a, a four. We have in Germany, it's one to six. So four is a very bad mark. And he was completely devastated, yeah? And I looked at this and I thought, hey, but I mean, that's actually correct. I mean, looking at it from a, from a distant point of view, you know, I mean, overall it was, okay, he made a small, a few small mistakes, but overall it was correct. Yeah, it was. So I, I had a call with this teacher yesterday. Actually, I thought, okay, sorry. I mean, this, <laughs> I can't accept this, you know. And uh, I had a long debate with this person and she was so, she was actually very young, you know. She was so focused on rules and on, oh, I told him they should use a ruler when they draw lines, you oh, know. Oh my God. And uh, I told them that they should follow this, what we discussed in our lesson, you know. And I just thought, how should these people solve the problems they have in the future? How should they be creative and uh, come up with solutions, you know? If they are told in school, exactly. you have to follow the rules. And if I told you so in our lesson, then you have to follow this. And I just, I couldn't believe it, you know? <laughs> I was completely, uh, really shocked after this call. Well, huh? I am shocked as well. In 2022, it's like, yeah. well, you know, especially it's there's been a lot of studies and that's recent, like not now, uh, for a couple of years, uh, it's there that like one of the most important soft skill of the 21st century is critical thinking. Exactly. So if we train them to follow orders by them yes. in the young people, they, mm -hmm. they're not going to survive <laughs> the 21st no, century. No, no, no. I, and I really question the system, you know, and this is why I'm completely with you. I completely uh, follow what you say. And uh, yeah. Can I actually uh, give you an example of what, um, also relating to my work, to, to what you are saying, is that mm -hmm. if we take the deep fake videos, you know, yeah. which are now at the level of the, that we actually still can, you know, the people working in tech, like having a little bit of a, an understanding, understanding. Yeah. Of what's what's going on there? We can still see on the internet that okay, this this something's wrong. It might be yeah. deep fake, but in some years, really like few, one, two, we don't know. It's mm. gonna be there that we are not gonna be able to tell that it's exactly. a real interview or it's not a real interview. Mm. Is this a happening? It's like is this actually happened in the world, like a bombing or like whatever you know. Or not we yeah. create to manipulate actually humanity, we won't be able to tell. And yeah. um, this is extremely dangerous. This is, um, we also need to understand what technology is capable of and um, how much it actually reinvents everything mm. in the world, what we've known so far. So this is basically from the simplest daily activities to the core values of humankind are under reinvention and reshaping by technology. So if we don't adapt as to skill set, if we don't understand what this is actually about, no. what is this capable of, then um, we're not able to survive. Right, future to be diplomatic, yes. but I could be harsher in that as well. So then we don't stand a chance. Exactly. With singularity and like, you know, all kinds of issues with technology, which can arise based on the technology, the exponential technology. And then if that's what they learn at school, that you have to use the ruler for this and that. At the, yeah. this. And this is the most important thing, you know. And yeah. I mean, uh, I was shocked and not only for his case you know which i thought okay it's ridiculous but 
taking this in a more broader context, you know, seeing how these systems teach the kids. Yeah. And, and on the other hand, I mean, I know what's happening in the world and I know what kind of skills we need. And I talk to people like you and these are the complete different opposites, you know, <laughs> which is very interesting. And uh, I had the very same experience at school, but it was decades ago, actually. And I also studied in Germany and the Regensburg at the law school, Paris University there. So I know what you are talking about. I experienced <laughs> this approach myself, but I was uh, secretly hoping that maybe, maybe the schools have changed approach since. Well, I tell you one thing. My wife also studied in Regensburg and last year we visited the town and uh, had to walk around and we also went to the university. And looked at actually the rooms inside and they still had these overhead projectors there, you know, where you put a foil and then it's projected to the wall. And I just thought, this can't be true. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is technology from 30 years ago, yeah, and which is still in use. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, this is... So I was there, I studied there more than 15 years ago. And back then, you know, it was, oh, wow, what the well equipped university with yeah. technology and everything. But then seemingly, <laughs> it's still there. Yeah, interesting. So you work a lot. So you combine your lawyer knowledge with your technology uh, focus and you help startup in this space. Can you share us a typical assignment? So what kind of topics you focus on? How does it look like? What challenges do the uh, founders come to you with? Yes, of course. I can share you some typical questions which we mm -hmm. encounter during our work. For example, there is an artist who started to experiment with AI. Mm -hmm. There are different uh, options to do it. The most famous, I think, is Midjourney, who by which you can create pictures. And then um, they come to us, or like the artist comes comes to us, and okay, who is the copyright owner of the AI created art? Is it AI? I mean, there is, by the way, a difference. I don't want to go yeah. into the details, but um, in case of AI generated art, well, mm -hmm. there is no answer yet. Or another question is that how can a revenue-based financing model, like a specific business model, be fit into the legal system of an EU country, a specific mm. country I can't name? If it doesn't, then what type of financing is that? Like, how can we argument to convince the regulator that they still accept that? The country system doesn't know it. In the US, it's super popular. Mm. So this is, for example, a regulatory challenge or in, in the framework of crypto, uh, so mm. fintech financial technologies, for example, does a non-custodial valid provider fall under the scope of the relevant law if they would like to provide cross-border services? Yeah. And um, what's important to see here is that these technologies are so new that there is either absolutely no law mm. around them or if there are some they are mostly framework nature legal regulations so how to interpret it how to do it what to do it what was meant what could be the practice there is nothing so there is a yeah. framework with somebody or like the actors interpret and um, it's extremely extremely interesting especially that technology doesn't know borders, which means yeah. that we as a virtual law firm don't know borders either. So we are doing um, an interdisciplinary 
cross-border lawyering, actually, mm-hmm. because if you break down the problems of these new technologies, they are the same problems everywhere. Yeah. Does it matter where my AI artist is, who is she or he, where is she sitting, where is she created the, the painting or like picture? Mm-hmm. It can be a German AI artist. Yeah. It can yeah. be the exact same question from the German AI artist than from the Swedish AI artist. So there are no borders. And this is something which lawyers don't really understand or like not just lawyers, but basically the whole world. It's not a preconcept. It's actually a fact that law is territory-based. Yes, occasionally, but it shouldn't be anymore, at least not in this area in technology. Completely agree. I mean, the world is so connected. Yeah. I mean, I'm here in Germany, you are in Sweden. Yeah. We talk to each other. Exactly. Use the same technology. You do business with people in in different countries or different continents. Yes. I mean, today I read in the newspaper that we have a very strict data protection office in Germany. Yeah. And for two years, they tested now Office 365 as a product, you know, the Microsoft product. (laughs) And today they said, you know, this is not secure. You know, uh, we cannot recommend using the software. And I just think, hey, the whole world is using this, this applications, you know? <laughs> I mean, it actually helps us to, to overcome borders, to work close together. You know, it, it improves so many things. And the reason is not that they found any backholes, any, any issues, physical issues with the software. No, it's only because they don't know exactly what is happening with the data? Yeah. And I mean, as is exactly your example, maybe explain in, in simple words, you know, we have this complex world of software where the software is, is more and more interconnected and you cannot really, um, as a single individual, understand where all these data flows are going to and what is really happening because there's AI, there's so much happening in the background. And on the other hand, you have these very strict and sort of living in a different century lawyers uh, and, and data protection officers who expect to understand every single bit. And if they can't, they say, okay, this is not secure. Yeah. And this is an impact on, on everyone using this, this product. You know, it's, it causes lots of challenges with companies in Germany. The school system, they can't use this. And, uh, I mean, it's very hard to believe. <laughs> That's actually very, very interesting what you just brought up. It has many, many different segments which come to my mind all of a sudden. So I try to just sum it up quickly or just name a few out of it. But first is we actually have to think about data itself. So like I remember in 2012 when uh, Castello was founded, then um, we had a lot of talk and discussions about data with my clients. And... uh, it was so funny because all over the world, you know, when you think about Facebook, everybody said that, oh, yeah, sure, it's free. It's all yeah. good. Let's hope you're never <laughs> going to have to pay for it. No, so, so much fun and so on. And then we said that, no, it's not free. It's good your product. Is your data. And it's where it was just like people around us is like, well, and like nobody get the concept. And mm-hmm. see, this is also something which shows that how quickly technology actually develops that 10 years later for everybody it's very very obvious that why data protection is important and so on and um, partly the german approach so it's it's always a very thin line what the actual role of law is yeah 
because you know it, it shouldn't be an obstacle to right. progress yeah. because progress will never stop so let uh, that's uh, thesis number one mm. that's for sure you cannot stop progress uh, and innovation but on the other hand for example you mentioned the Microsoft you know these uh, I then I don't especially I mean Microsoft now but the general concept that um, these huge tech giants really uh, could do everything. Yeah. Yes. So, and there's the other end mm-hmm. of the of the scale of what law should do, and uh, what might be behind sword of the German Data Protection Authority is that okay, okay, you know what, you can't do this anymore because we don't accept it, and we we don't care that the void word's been using office stranded or like. I know they mm. have a new name now. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I just use it. But you know, this office product, it's it's not safe. So it's it's also possible that it's too. So it's very very hard to to both. There need to be a way that is practical, you know, which covers both sides. And I often have the feeling that it's either this or that side, you know, which uh, doesn't yes. really help. I'm sure there were more reasons to that, and I could list many reasons to that too as well for you. But there is one which I would like to emphasize is the lack of technological understanding. Mm. So these these technologies are so complex and the whole world has become yeah. so, so complex that we cannot start think about one problem finding a solution to it without we really don't understand the complexity of the problem. And if you think about, we already talked about no borders. So technology is global. The challenges of it are global. So the whole industry, like if I run a startup and then of course I'm not thinking about only be present in the Swedish market. That's a small market. I want to be present in Germany, in France, in the whole EU, in the US, in China, whatever my business strategy is, of course. But nobody's going to stop at the borders just because, oh, sorry, this is already Norway. Oh, sorry. (laughs) 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 And that is why the regulators have huge challenges as to how to regulate these things. Because they mm. just don't understand. And um, educating, and it's not their fault, of course, because it's so fast and so quick. And the legal background and legal, you know, like the whole process of policy making is definitely slower. And it's always going to be like this. So it, it cannot mm. keep up with the pace of technology. But they really have to gain a very deep technological understanding. And um, this is actually what we do as well. So um, we reshaped the whole approach of being a lawyer because we work in technology. I'm sure some approaches of ours are probably not applicable in family law, for example, Mm. or criminal law. So when I talk about the lawyers need to reinvent themselves, I'm talking about uh, my area, so technology and innovation. But um, we actually gained a real technological understanding. And this means that we, we do know how blockchain works, for example, or what it is <laughs> for that matter, or we do know what CRISPR is, or we do know what a prompt is, or yeah. like what does it mean, like pay to earn or like pay and earn nowadays in gaming, or what's the moral machine dilemma is, you know, so like all kind of technology-related yeah. understanding, we know. And wow. this is the reason we can help much, much better to startups. Because since there are, in many cases, there are no directly applicable or like obviously applicable legal regulations, 
we have to come up with something. Yeah. So we have to actually create legal solutions which had never existed before. And if you don't understand the technology, we might come up with something completely stupid. <laughs> like, uh, and, and no, we can't afford that. So I don't no. want to be that person in the room no. who says stupid comments in a meeting because they literally don't understand how blockchain works. <laughs> so it's really uncomfortable. And this is the this is the issue with the policy makers as well, that um, they have to catch up and it's very, very hard work. It's a challenge. I mean, uh, I mean, even for people who are into tech, you know, uh, I mean, I'm into tech. I, I, uh, I can say that I understand a lot, but there are always new things coming up, you know, which you never heard of, you know, I think, okay, what is that? Okay, then you have to study it. You have to uh, <laughs> do some research uh, to exactly. really get behind. Yes, absolutely. It's like uh. that. And we also know to say that, okay, if you delve into like a huge project, And then, you know, you don't have time to follow the recent use for like two, yeah. three weeks. It feels like you missed two years because it's so dynamically changing. So that's yeah. another challenge of our industry to be able to mentally also process these extreme amount of uncertainty, extreme of amount of new information to find them in the noise to synthesize them. You know, it's like our nervous systems are not. Yeah, not made up for this. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I remember I, I grew up in East Germany yeah? and back then we had two TV, TV channels. We had a few newspapers. That's it. No, I mean, life was so quiet and slow. And now every day is, is just so many things happening in an evening. Of, you have to process everything. Yeah. And uh, mm. this is such a different life. A huge psychological challenge and yes. we don't uh, act responsibly around technology this can mm. become a very very serious side effect yeah. because you know we cannot speed evolution we cannot speed up that much yet <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, you know eternal life there are extremely mm. lot of studies and aging and exactly all. but, but technology speeds up no and and there's more and more information and more news more notifications so i always i mean When I work with my clients, I, I recommend to them simple things like turn off notification of on your mobile, you know, yeah. because uh, I heard it with you then. <laughs> a simple thing, but so many people they get distracted every few seconds, you know. Boom, there's something coming in. Oh, there's a news alert. Oh, this is. How can you focus, you know, when you always have these these interruptions? Hey, this has been the High Performance CEO Podcast. Join us again next week for more winning strategies and leadership habits from high-performing CEOs worldwide. If you have any questions or feedback on today's episode or would like to be a guest on my show, email us at success at We would love to hear from you. I'm Sebastian Schieke. Thank you for listening.